Hello and a very warm welcome to No One Gets Out of Here Alive. My name is Holly Leon Hawk and I will be taking you on a gentle, sometimes humorous and sometimes challenging meander through the myths, beliefs and ideas around all things end of and after life. In this series of podcasts, I will be chatting with a whole range of guests from sound artists, willow weavers through to end of life doulas and people who have had near death experiences to help give you a more holistic, rounded view with just maybe a few new possibilities of how the inevitable can be approached. Because remember, no one, not even you, gets out of here alive. Welcome to part two of this week's instalment of Nobody Gets Out of Here Alive. I am delighted to have with me Claire Turnham. So Claire, what's your experience been with what's been going on with COVID? Well, it's interesting because I came to New Zealand in February of 2020 with my youngest daughter, who was very unwell at that time. And we came here on holiday and not intending to be here for any longer than a month. And as things turned out for us personally, um, once, once, um, in fact, New Zealand was one of the first countries to go into lockdown and our return flights were canceled. And so we've had to, in a sense, uh, we, we've had a very different experience to what I, what I think um, you know, the rest of my family and, and, and friends and, and people in the UK have had in particular. So in, in New Zealand, what happened initially was during that very strict lockdown, which they had here, no families were allowed um, to be involved in death. And I think that was truly devastating for those families who who were mm. and this was for you know anybody who was dying from anything not just from COVID-19 um, now you know I'm part of a group who are trying to ensure that that never happens again that always families will be recognized as um, as fundamentally um, the decision makers in their own families right to care for their own and and but now, of course, New Zealand has very much um, no restrictions whatsoever, and so we're now able to, as a country. In fact, I'm, I'm involved in a in a, um, a a group of well, connecting a group of sort of outliers of people from the conventional funeral uh, world who are working together to modernise and to we we've written a submission to the government um, on how we we would like to see the future of funerals. And, and part of that in particular here is, um, is also honouring the um, perspective of the Māori, which are the, um, the tangata whenua, or the people of this land, the Indigenous people of this land. And through the um, Treaty of Waitangi, which was signed between the Crown and the Māori back in uh, 1840, we are now working together with communities to ensure that everything that is um, done in death is done with those principles of that treaty in mind, which is partnership and participation um, in particular. So, you know, beautiful. It is beautiful. So there's a lot of communities here right now who are coming together to form 
um, in fact, I'm involved in training um, one of them over the next um, few weeks, um, training communities where, where they're looking at bringing together guides and community leaders who are fully trained and knowledgeable and experienced and have the skills in order to help people in their own communities and their own families. And I think this is something which I would love to see these ripples spreading out further worldwide, because I think it is the, I think it's the future. I think it is, um, it's, it's the, it's bringing people together in a way which I don't think has really been ever done before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so important, so important. The so you're part of the Home Funeral Alliance in New Zealand, is that right? No, um, <laughs> in New Zealand, I'm leading a group called the um, Aotearoa Independent Death Voices Alliance, and um, that's something that we've been doing here, and we're 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 working to um, collaborating around the country. Um, people, anybody, people who are involved in death and who want to be involved in death are coming together to to really reframe what's being done in this country. And um, in terms of the Australian Home Funeral Alliance, that is a um, a new initiative that has been set up in Australia, and I'm a direct one of uh, one one of the directors of that. And that's a separate thing, but that is um, that's again bringing together. Uh, we see ourselves as a bridge between the community and between practitioners. And again, um, in, in both countries, the foundations are the fact that families are um, intrinsic to this process. Mm. Would you say you're, you're a, a, like an end-of-life doula as well as after-death care? Is it that one seamless? It is seamless, in, yeah. In the way you work, yes. I, yeah. To be honest, Holly, I try not to give myself any particular name because, you know, yes, for some families I'm working with them before death and for some families I'm working with them at death and for some families I'm guiding from the side. I think the thing is that it's a responding to need, whatever the needs are. I can just fill the gaps and those needs often change. I think this is, um, you know, sometimes I've worked with families where they have said to me, Claire, we want you to do everything. And, you know, within a very short space of time, they're actually saying, well, actually, we feel we've got this now. Would you mind actually if you don't even come to the funeral? You know, how do you feel about that? And I'm thinking, wow, this is totally for me, like that's a the, the huge, huge privilege to to hear that that family feels so empowered. I mean, that's what it's all about. So, yes, yeah. I, I do work as a as a doula or a death midwife before death. Um, I work as a guide at death. I work as a celebrant. You know, all of these things. I work as a funeral director, if necessary. Mm. You know, undertaking possibly is a, a is a better word because I think it's undertaking whatever is needed to be done. Mm. And I think that that flexibility is also really important. Mm. Yes, so so important. So you're in you're in New Zealand for good now, are you? Or um, certainly we are for the moment. And but my work is continuing yeah. in the UK as well. You know, this is this is the thing, isn't it? Um, you know, much of my work now involves around education and collaboration 
and working with other people and you know my everything um, is online and um, I've been able to support families throughout the whole COVID time during in, in the UK as well who you know people who who need help I think that's the thing I, I just see myself as a helper to be honest mm-hmm. talk about your MBE <laughs> Um, that's quite that's quite something isn't it that was that was was very special and in fact that um my family went came with me my mum and who's 90 now and my four children we all went to Buckingham Palace in June of 2019 and it was an extraordinary experience but the, the reason that I was awarded the MBE was for my work um helping people who have been um sadly affected by ticket abuse and that's another part of my world which on the surface seems very different but to me it's really very similar it's about connecting people and ensuring that everybody uh, is treated fairly and um and that that came about originally because you'd you'd bought some tickets was it it was for an Ed Sheeran concert for one of your children wasn't it that's right and I bought the tickets for um for my son's 16th birthday actually um and I was ripped off buying those tickets and I um felt very angry about that and I used that anger uh, to set up a group to help other people who hadn't been as lucky as I had in getting my and mo- getting their money back, and the group grew very very quickly, and we had lots of media help, and we were able to I think within the first few months help reclaim about fifty thousand pounds for people, and I was getting calls from all over the world at that time. And um, and I was doing it voluntarily and all around the clock as well as my death work. And then um, I was invited to a meeting in um, June of 2017 after I'd given evidence at the parliamentary inquiry on ticket abuse as the sort of the trusted voice for about 400 people at that time. Well, now there's well over 15,000 people, I think, within our groups. And um, we've helped reclaim back uh, over two million pounds for people now and it still is something that's going on but when I was invited to this meeting in London I said and this was um, me being vulnerable and I'm not used to asking for help but I needed to I needed help at that point I just couldn't do any more and I said you know this is this I, I really need help and it was Ed Sheeran's team who came forward to me to say you know how can we help you what can we do and so we started working together and the first thing they asked me to do was to write some guidance and that guidance um, has helped a lot of people and and it's free and in the same way you know with my death work a lot of it is about guiding people so this is where I'm saying it's very very similar work and um and I did that and our momentum was growing and, you know, we were helping thousands and thousands of people. And then Ed's team invited me on tour um, with him in 2018 and 2019. And that was an incredible experience. And we helped thousands of people. And, you know, actually one of the people that um, I met during that time um, who has become a friend is Ed Sheeran's mum and I remember when I met her 
it was a really a, a really um, special moment for me. And because as mothers, you know, we we connected. Um, but I didn't realize that she knew all about my only would love work. And that was, um, again, you know, when we talk about the ripples, you know, again, what I really realized then was, again, it doesn't matter who you are or what you do or what your work is or where you live. Fundamentally, when someone dies, what is important is, um, is that we help each other and you know we were able to have conversations about this work and and um you know I death in particular within the music industry is you know there's a lot of very untimely and sudden death within the music industry and um again as a as a community of creatives it is amazing when people in those circles who realize that they can do so much more themselves. And we've just seen it recently with the death of one of its um, most closest promoters in Australia. He traveled out to that funeral. It was a state memorial actually in, in um, Melbourne for Michael Godinsky. And Ed actually wrote a very special song during the, um, he was in, um, quarantine and he wrote a song and he sang it for Michael at the funeral and when you see the emotion you know um, mm. we we all just meet each other as humans in that moment mm. and he again was vulnerable so I think you know it it just shows you that um, how important it is. Death unites us all doesn't it? Claire, it's it's absolutely phenomenal the work that you're doing. Um, it truly is. And if people want to find you or get in touch with you or follow you, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they can do that in several ways. So my UK phone number is still the same, um, which is um, on my website, onlywithlove.co.uk, or on my Facebook page. And maybe perhaps, Holly, you can give the links to that. Um, I'm active on social media, on Twitter. I'm Claire Louise Tur. Um, through the Home Funeral Network as well, we have a Facebook page for that too. And um, it's another way that uh, somebody can find me or just emailing me. Claire, thank you so, so much uh, for joining us today. Really appreciate you staying up so late. I know it's quite late now, so it's about, what, gone 10 o'clock now? <laughs> so you're ready for your bed. <laughs> I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow early, actually, for I have uh, gentle care and death workshops locally. Wow. lovely. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. We have an, an amazing community of people coming from travelling far and wide, so... I will love you and leave you, Holly. And thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed connecting with you again. Bless you. Talk soon. Yes, <laughs> let's do that again. That would be great. Yeah. All, all right. right, Claire. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> so that's all for now. And I would like to say a very big thank you for being brave enough to dare to listen to a podcast that talks about something we, as a nation, tend to prefer doesn't exist doesn't apply to our lives but no it does 
no one gets out of here alive. And being more aware and engaged helps us all to have a more positive experience when the time does come to either us or our family, friends and pets. If you'd like to subscribe, please visit www.hollyleonhawk.com.